This is Life Made Better, a podcast from two coaches with a zest for not only their lives, but yours. In this series, Fleur and Lucia seek out tips, tools and exercises to inspire you to achieve your dreams and goals. Join us and let's make life better. Welcome back to Life Made Better. Today we are interviewing a dear friend of mine and a truly lovely man, Jay Rowden. He's an incredibly talented photographer, husband and father of three children. I met him and his lovely wife, Sam, in the school playground. We had an instant connection when we realized we were the only parents that had had three children within three years. Jay is also, like ourselves, very passionate about self-development and is always trying to keep learning and being his best self. He is going to tell you some of his insights today to inspire all of us to let go of fear and live a life of courage and confidence. We're so happy to have you here today, Jay. Mm, Thank you for having me. (laughs) Can you tell us a bit more about yourself? Well... I live with Sam. Um, We've been married for 21 years. We've got three children. We live in near Wimbledon and I'm a photographer for the last 11 years. I've mainly specialised in weddings, but I'm starting to diversify a bit Um, since, well, within the last sort of year, 18 months. Uh, I'm 49 years old, so there's so much more I could tell you. I mean, I left school with zero qualifications well I got I got two uh, GCSEs a D in English and an E in art so I was a bit of a a failure in that respect but um, I've managed to push on since then (laughs) I love the fact Jay that you were saying like you know that low grade in arts and actually that's when you ended up doing which I think is quite important because sometimes when we are not doing as well in school and the grades are not matching up what the benchmark says we should, we kind of can get ourselves discouraged. But mm. actually, your true calling or whatever you were meant to be doing knocks on your door later on, and you succeed at it because clearly you've done it. Uh, you know, if anybody has been checking your website, which we can, of course, put at the end uh, in the notes, they will see how very talented are you. So, you know, for any children or parents listening to us, if your kid is not getting the great grades that you thought they would, please do not be discouraged. They can turn out to be a Jay Rowden and he's amazing. Oh, thank you. I'm blushing. (laughs) So many people don't do well at school, but actually are very talented. I know my husband has been incredibly successful Hmm. and I think he got one GCSE. Yeah, I went to a private boarding school, so there you go. Incredible. I don't think grades are a definition no. of uh, our intelligences, our talents. No, absolutely not. So, Jay, I guess our first question, because obviously you are a creative person, you show that in your art, whether it is uh, you know, through the wedding photography or the arts that you yourself create. But is it challenging to be a creative person and put your work out there for the world to see the honest answer is right now yeah it's it's really hard uh well it's been hard for me anyway coronavirus has changed the way we live and work across the world in the last 12 weeks have been particularly challenging for like any self-employed people but particularly for um for someone like me whose role involves very close human contact 
obviously I'm a photographer and uh, I shoot a lot of weddings and they've pretty much all been canned for 2020. So it's been a really tough couple of months. And um, to be honest, I haven't really felt like putting my work out there. So many people have texted me and say, oh, why don't you go out and do like door knocking and offer doorstep portraits, or whatever. And I just couldn't think of anything worse. It's just not me. Um, so there's no way I was going to do that. So I've been sort of trying to enjoy the best of this situation and hibernating and then hanging out with Sam and the kids. But to be absolutely honest with you, when we first went into lockdown, I thought that I was in quite a good place because I'd, well, we'll talk about it later, but because I'd done this, this awakening workshop and I thought mentally I was really good, but I was in deep shock. Um, in the space of a few weeks, I lost the equivalent to a year's worth of money for 2020. And um, overnight, really, my business began to look really shaky. But because I was supposedly given up on this anxiety, which I'll talk about later, I didn't give myself permission to feel anxious. And it was really messing with my head. So I was sort of trapped. And then one day I just woke up, having had like a three-day massive anti-anxiety headache. I decided that enough is enough. And I was not prepared to yield to that horrible fear anymore. And so somehow I managed to just let go of everything. I decided I wasn't in control of this global pandemic. I wasn't in control of the economy. I wasn't in control of the laws which had effectively outlawed weddings in the UK. And I decided there was no point in stressing. And I just woke up one day and I just thought, enough. I'm not prepared to, to do this crap anymore. And uh, it was amazing. I just watched everything just sort of fall away, all this horrible fear and anxiety. And I just felt a sense of calm and peace and um, in amongst all this chaos. It was really, really weird. I can't explain it. I, was, I can remember exactly where I was when it happened to me. I was walking um, one early one morning. Um, but anyway, going back to your original question about sharing my work. Sorry, I'm babbling. I felt less inclined to share work because I'm not producing any new work um, because obviously I'm not working. I mean, I could recycle old work. There's loads of people out there who are sort of recycling work that they shot maybe last year, but I can't be bothered to do that right now. But watch this space because things are beginning to move in the right direction. I've had two bookings for portraits uh, in the next couple of weeks. And well, got yeah, so and got Jay, Jay, this is your new um, career and actually it's something you wanted to launch and get away from the wedding photography. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes when we are pushed to that edge, yeah. COVID-19 has pushed a lot of people into a different direction. I think you made a really important point to start with about just letting go. Mm -hmm. We all try and control too much. And although you'd got over, we never get over our feelings, do we? Whether it's anxiety, depression, anything, we're human. So mm. we've got to allow ourselves to feel. And I think you letting go and accepting this is the new situation sounded like that was quite a wake up moment for you. Yeah, totally. Yeah, there's something really, it's so easy to talk about it, but it's so hard to deal with it in, in real life. But to sit, with that and don't be scared face it and just accept it yep. and just it's about managing 
because the anxiety will never go away. It's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. But it's about managing. Mm-hmm. It's all totally doable. Yeah. And also, I mean, I'm reading the um, Body Keeps the Score at the moment, and there's so much research that if you've had any trauma in your childhood, which I don't know if you want to go there today, but I know you have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The body keeps the score. You have changed your brain chemistry and you have to accept that and work with it. So when the feelings come, it's very important that you do let them come up and you feel them because your body will only uh, shove them down for so long and they'll come back up again. And like you said, it's that continue of managing the emotions and realizing this is part of the human experience. But I think you mentioned something really important there, Jay, which is not many people are ready or feel comfortable with sitting with the feelings. So I read a book recently called Positive Intelligence. I forget the name of the author. He's an Israeli author. I think I've told you about him before, Fleur. He's a coach who coaches other coaches. Uh, He's a world-renowned business coach. And um, he just talks about trying to be in control of your your mind. And he he has all these various labels for voices in your head, you know, like the saboteur. But he he basically wants us to be to have the sage be in control. So it's like the wise person. And that really helps me. But also he talks a lot about being being present and being mindful. So I, every single morning I meditate for 20 minutes in silence and he helps me. I, I was meditating before, but the way in which he teaches you to be mindful and to meditate is to be completely present, to listen to the, I, I meditate in the garden, so I'll be listening to the birds. I'll be feeling my knees on my cushion I'll be, I'll be feeling my breath as I inhale and exhale. And when I go for a walk, I used to go for a walk. I used to do lots of running and walking, but these days it's just walking because I've hurt my knee. But I used to be listening to podcasts. And, but through this book, he wants us to try and activate more of our, uh, what he calls PQ, which is positive intelligence. And he talks about PQ points and you can earn PQ points for, by, by being present. So I used to listen to podcasts and music and stuff when I was walking and I decided to put my phone on airplane mode and just to be present. So I'd be out walking and I do this, still do this every day now. I will be walking for 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half maybe. And I'll be 100% present the entire time. And I'll be having thoughts that come into my head, but I'll be trying to let them go because I want to, it sounds pretentious, but I want to look at the majesty of Wimbledon Common and look at those beautiful trees and listen to the, to the bird song. See a bunny rabbit like running across the grass. Uh, it just sounds so, I feel sort of embarrassed, but... Jay, there's so much scientific research on being mindful Mm. and the science behind it is if you're mindful and you're not going back into um, your past, you're not going into your future, because you're mindful, that amygdala, which is your survival response, is calming down. Also, you've got the other spiritual connection that you're appreciating and connecting 
with the value of the world. Yeah. You know, really appreciating what's in front of us. So sometimes a podcast can be distracting from our thoughts and feelings and, and add more thoughts and feelings. So you're kind of layering anxiety yeah. onto anxiety, which is why it's really important to have those mindful moments that you're talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So recently uh, you did a very open and honest post on Instagram about how you were feeling anxious about the number of lights. Could you share with the audience the kindness people gave you when you're brave enough to be truly vulnerable? And, and it was a truly beautiful post. I'm, I'm amazed that I was able to do it because I've never done anything like that. I'm not the kind of person to do stuff on camera. It's just not me. I'm quite a shy person, really. But it went viral, ended up just attracting so much attention, which was not the intention at all. But I was completely blown away by the feedback. It was so unexpected. I had no idea it would create so much discussion. I was absolutely inundated with phone calls and text messages like, is everything okay? It's like, it's the opposite. Everything's amazing. Um, but people were really worried. And there were so many people. I was really surprised by people who I thought were super confident, robust people. And they'd say, you know what? I suffer from this too. And it just made me realize that this kind of anxiety, especially around social media, is endemic. It, it, it affects so many people. And what I loved about recording that video was that the power of vulnerability is real. And um, I remember years ago seeing Brené Brown and Power of Vulnerability talk on TED. And... Um, I still am amazed that I, that I did it, but I'm glad I did it. And, and this, do you know what? Being vulnerable is fantastic. It, it lifted a huge weight off my shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, I think those masks that we wear, that everything mm. is fine, yeah. is uh, a very draining for the human experience not to be able to be authentic and vulnerable and honest that none of us have all got it together. And mm. social media does, for a lot of people make them feel that comparison syndrome and that feeling of not being good enough if someone's got more likes and that does have to be managed in our society especially with our children mm. i think there's also like you know what people tend to forget is that what we see on social media is only a window of the whole house and people are posting whatever they want you to see but that doesn't necessarily mean there's a hundred percent true story actually more likely will be not the true story because it's how we want to portray ourselves um, and I really do love um, I think it's Gary B who says it whenever somebody asks how do you get more likes he says just post what you want just you know do what you feel instead of looking for people to to like whatever you're doing be true to yourself and stop caring about the likes and that's when the likes will come uh, which I think you know that's the reaction to your post Jay because it was so open so honest and it was something that to be honest all of us could relate to at mm. some level and I think it's that comfort of hearing someone saying the truth as it is and saying hey look you may think I'm perfect, but I'm not. Mm. And this is what I'm feeling right now. And if anything, it makes you be even more loved. Yeah. More relatable, isn't it? When mm. someone's honest. Forget yeah, about absolutely. the human experience. We're no, none of us feel good enough all the time. Meh. So true. 
No, that is true. So, Jay, you were saying earlier, which I, I think is a beautiful practice, that you meditate every day for 20 minutes. Yeah. But do you have any other routines that keep your energy and motivation up? There's a brilliant misattributed quote from Aristotle where he says, excellent then is not an act but an habit. And I think this is so true. I'm a huge advocate of, uh, of habits. Habits build resilience. Habits uh, are the cornerstone of every success story. All successful people in life get on by staying motivated and forming really good, strong routines and habits to help shape their future. So, yeah, I wake up early. I'm normally up between five and six every day. Once I've been for a wee and clean my teeth, um, I drink half a litre of water with um, some apple cider vinegar, and then I meditate silently for 20 minutes. I finish up with a prayer of gratitude, and then I write my morning pages, which is three pages of um, handwritten notes, which is like a journaling, I guess. Now, I never look at my, my journals, my journaling ever again. It goes in the bin, more or less. If I have time, I'll do Robert Holden's mirror work. I don't know if you know anything about that. And then I'll go for a walk. It's normally between 45 minutes and an hour. If I've got time, I'll go for longer. And I try and do this every day, although two of our kids went back to school this week. And uh, it's a bit of a challenge trying to fit all that in because it takes a good sort of two hours, at least two hours. So, but yeah, that is my routine. I think when you get up so early, Jay, you couldn't afford those two hours though. And then, no. like you said, they're, they're setting up your, your mind and your body. Yeah. Your health is uh, your wealth, isn't it? And without that, totally. it's very difficult to function as your best self every day. Yeah. And I think you've also made the point as parents, we do have to be flexible with our routines. Yeah, definitely. It doesn't always go as planned and that's okay as well. Yeah, definitely. So Jay, where do you get your inspiration from? <laughs> Creatively, uh, I guess I'm hugely influenced by cinema, uh, particularly like European cinema. I love old stuff. I love old films. I get told off a lot by my wife, Sam, for overlooking the new. Uh, but I just love old, um, really old stuff, old photographers, mid-century fashion photographers and artists. I love the work of, well, I could bore you with photographers' names, but you probably don't want to hear that. I love What's the your favourite one? I know you've got a favourite that you do your portraits from. Yeah, I love Peter Lindbergh, who died before Christmas. Uh, he was a legend. I love him. But then I love Picasso, and I love, I love people who, who've broken the rules. And uh, I love people who don't care, and I'll talk about that later, but they're doing things that they want to do, not what... They're not second-guessing the audience or their clients, they're doing what they want to do. And that's why I love it. authentic again. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what it's, authenticity is key, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's one of your main values by the sound of it. Yeah, I'm big, I am big on authenticity, mm -hmm. I definitely. But in terms of inspiration, I love Pinterest. Um, I used to love Instagram a lot, but I'm going off mobile phones a bit. I find mobiles a bit toxic. So I try to avoid the phone as much as possible. But, Anyway, yeah, so I, and also I try and avoid looking at contemporary, other contemporary artists and photographers because I don't want them to influence my own work. So um, I, this, I think that's why I tend to sort of look back more than looking around at what's happening today. So obviously we were talking about 
challenges um, and, you know, things that have happened to you and how to overcome. And so I was curious if you could share with us any challenges that you have faced and how you don't let these challenges get in the way. I had a really big challenge when I was 17 and I lost my dad. He wasn't a normal dad, really. He was more like my best friend. He was, he was cool. Um, I was the last person to see him alive. And even before he died, I had sort of anxiety about him dying, which is just like, so it sort of confirmed my anxiety, if you like. It was horrific. So I struggled with anxiety for years before he died. And then after he died, obviously, it was a lot worse. I was probably spent 30, 40 years suffering from that. Um, but then I went on this workshop, which was called The Awakening. And that I sudden, somehow I was able to kind of face up to my anxiety and my fear and I couldn't eliminate it, but I knew how to manage it. And I just felt more in control. And I discovered that any kind of anxiety or fear or worry is nearly always a result of either looking back at some past event or it's a result of looking to the future and worrying about what might be. And I think it's all very well to plan ahead and it's brilliant to plan and have future goals. But if thinking about the future involves catastrophizing and worrying about stuff like worrying about not earning enough money or worrying about something which hasn't happened yet and is unlikely to happen, then obviously that's not good. And up until my awakening, I spent my whole life sort of catastrophizing and worrying about past and sort of present, sorry, less present, obviously future sort of stuff. However, but I'm just, just doing my best to try and live in the present these days and enjoying and experiencing what is happening right now. It's amazing because you could all make, you, as I discovered, the anxiety and the fear just sort of drops away. It's about accepting um, what comes at you. And this is why this happened with the coronavirus. And I'm like, financially, I'm, I'm down hugely for 2020. It's a disaster. And yet it's just about reframing it. And I've had 12 incredible weeks with Sam and the kids. We've been hanging out together, going for walks, eating together. Yeah, of course, it's had its challenges. We've had some good days and bad days and being locked down. It's a challenge, but we, we're just trying to make the best of a, uh, of a bad situation. Mm. And I just yeah. love that, you know, you were saying it's about that control and that anxiety and that fear. We tend to forget because obviously one thing to, to flag is that to our mind, to our brain, there's very, very difference, if not at all, between the things that we're seeing and that are happening and the ones that we are telling to ourselves are happening or are about to happen. Mm. And that is what puts us in that anxiety and that fear path because, you know, we can't tell any difference. So we are accepting that as a reality. Yeah. And that's when we freak out. That's when we start panicking and it can get into that downward spiral world. So the fact that you were able to, through your awakening course, but, you know, bring your mind to the now and say, okay, let's just take a look at what is happening right here and right now, what is true and what can I work with? And, you know, just take, as we've said many times in the podcast, 
step by step, little by little, and things as they come. And what can I do next? You know, and whatever comes, we'll get there. But let's not put ourselves that far in advance. And I think that's that's a beautiful learning to share with everybody listening to us today. Just taking it little by little, step by step, whatever comes. But let's not get ourselves 10 steps ahead, especially if we are catastrophizing about those 10 steps ahead. Yeah, recently I listened to a spiritual teacher, which I thought was amazing. And uh, it kind of ties in with the the uh, neurosciences that I'm listening to at the moment about the body keeps the score, that actually we get an urge, like a feeling in our body before we even think, and that can trigger yeah. thinking. If she says the urge is like um, having scabies and you itch it mm-hmm. before you let it pass. And of course, if you keep itching a scab, it becomes a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. Instead of just letting that urge, that feeling go, and then get into the root cause of why it was happening. And of mm-hmm. course, you know, because you've had trauma in your past and you are an anxious child, you are more susceptible to um, anxiety. And it could be just that you're such a gentle soul that the, the world was quite a tough place. And that was something you needed to build up from a child, that resilience. So I think knowing that it is a human experience to feel these feelings. But if you've had some difficulty in your childhood, your body is just also more susceptible to that. So to our listeners, to know that if you have that feeling, that urge that some anxiety is coming on, it's just to stop and calm yourself is a really good way before even the thoughts come in. Don't itch the scab because it will just get bigger. Let that feeling go, which is, again, how the mindfulness works, about just being in that moment and accepting what is. So you've been very open and honest today with us, Joe, which has been amazing. Thank you. Is there anything you still want to achieve or that you are working on? Mm, well, as you've touched on um, before, before we went into lockdown, or sort of halfway through, uh, a massive change of direction with my career. Of course, coronavirus put everything on hold, which really messed with my head. Because I had such amazing momentum, and it was literally, you know, someone pulled the rug from under me, and I had to put everything on hold. It's been, um, it's been a huge challenge, massive. But it's portraiture. But anyway, um, hopefully it's going to be up and running again. One could be able to get up and running in later on this month and, and into July, but it's a huge leap of faith. You know, I'm what I'm tempting is is really challenging because it requires incredible self belief that it's possible to do this thing. I'm turning fifty this year, and the prospect of having to reinvent myself again at my age is really daunting. And I have good days where I feel like incredible and bulletproof, and then I have. You know, the, the not so good days and I have to, have to try and make sure that I have more good days than not so good ones. So what is the um, portraits? Explain to our audience what, what it actually is. It's more art, I suppose, than, which sounds pretentious, but it's, it's more art than, than portraits. It's more like the kind of thing you might expect to see in an art gallery or a museum. I mean, it's quite traditional, but it's contemporary. It's a hybrid because you haven't seen any of any of my work yet, have you? No, I've seen some. Oh, okay, it's amazing. Yeah. I've seen eras. Yeah. yeah. Oh, of course you have. Yeah, yeah. It's moved on a little bit since then, but it's it's really 
it's quite brave and you know, I feel really vulnerable with what I'm doing, but I'm, I've got to do it because I actually don't see any other options. I have, I've jumped and, um, and someone will be down there with a net to catch me for sure. So you're doing high-end um, art portraits, aren't you? Yeah, it's, a, it's very niche and it's for, uh, I say predominantly aimed at women and there's no reason why men couldn't be photographed, but I just see this, I don't know, men are already sort of super confident when it comes to having their photograph taken. Um, women less so, so I, I want to try and, try and empower women and make them feel good about themselves. Which is a beautiful new career path and you know i just love the fact that you're embracing what you love the most about your favorite artist which mm. is about doing what you feel you've been called to do what you feel in your heart and just giving it a go which is it's fantastic great, isn't it there's many many people that go through their life and they regret not taking that leap of faith absolutely and i just you know i i want us to pause for a second because you were saying something i'm nearly full, i'm nearly 50 mm. and i'm kind of like you know trying to reinvent myself but i think that is such a beautiful empowering thing to be sharing with us today because not many people are brave enough to spot something in their lives and say, you know what, this is something that I'm feeling, even if it's just a whisper in my heart that I should be trying to do this and I'm too old and I quote unquote too old to be reinventing it. But, you know, when you do that, when you step onto that arena and allow yourself to have the opportunity, I think this is just so beautiful and so inspirational. Thank and you. the pictures are incredible, Jay. You don't, you're that typical talented artist who's so humble. But I, because of, of one of my friends that you've done, and the, the photograph was out of this world. And I think you should uh, celebrate your talent more. Oh, thank you. Stronger belief. If I have, have time, there is just one other thing I'd like to share with you. And I don't know, I'm, I don't know if I've ever told you this story. Have we got time? Yes, please share with us. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the very last thing that the uh, the guy who, uh, Dwayne, who was running the Awakening Workshop, he left us with this beautiful parable about this Chinese farmer, his uh, son and a horse. And the old farmer had worked his crops for, for years. And one day his horse ran away. And when he heard the news, his neighbors came to visit and they said, oh, such bad luck. And uh, but he said, but is it? Good news or bad news? Nobody knows. And the next morning, the horse returned and he brought with it three other wild horses. And the neighbors said, oh, how wonderful. Three extra horses. And the farmer said, is it good news or bad news? Nobody knows. And then the next day, the son tried to ride one of the untamed horses and was thrown off and broke his leg. And the neighbors came again to offer their sympathy. And they said, what bad luck? And the farmer said, is it good news or bad news? Nobody knows. And then the day after, the military officials came through the village to draft young men into the army. And of course, they saw, saw the son's broken leg. So they passed him by. And the neighbors congratulated the farmer. And they said, oh, how well things have turned out. And to which the farmer said, is it good news or bad news? Nobody knows. And I think this... This sounds like a really strange old story, but the thing is, with everything that's happening in the world right now, nobody really knows what's happening. 
Um, we're in this grip of this horrible pandemic and there's so much doom and gloom. And supposedly we're facing, you know, the worst economic recession, you know, in sort of 300 years. And mass unemployment and huge businesses are going to go bust and everyone's going to, you know, it's just going to be disaster. But is it good news or bad news? You know, nobody really knows yet. So I'm going to try and sort of focus on the positives, on what I've had right now. We have our health, we have clothes on our back, roof over our heads, food in the fridge. We're blessed. You know, I'm not going to get sucked in by all the media coverage and instead sort of try and focus on what I have today right there, right now and build towards a brighter future. Mm, I think that's a beautiful story. And it's about living again, isn't it? An appreciation of what we've got and not always expecting yeah. more. And like you said, who knows? This might bring families closer together. It might stop pollution. It might, you know, there's so many things that this, it could get people to focus more on their health and the mm. things that are really important in their life. And spark creativity, like the number of businesses that are going above and beyond the ways to find a way to get through it. And they are more creative and doing more things and achieving somehow even better results. So I do think what you were saying, yeah, if you start looking at the positives and reframing and deciding the way that you're going to be looking at things, that can really help you get through the situation in a much more positive way. I think you made a good point there as well, Lucia. It's choice, isn't it? How we think about it. We always have that freedom of choice and no one can take that away from us. Mm. So true. So, Jay, before we let you go, we've got a couple more questions for you. First one is, can you sum up in one sentence how you've made your life better? Mm. Uh, believing it's possible and knowing that I will succeed whatever is thrown at me. I would say that's my one sentence. Your mantra. Beautiful. And yeah. uh, where can we find you, Jay? Website, <laughs> social media channels? Yeah, okay. I'm easy to find on Google if you Google my name. Um, although if I could be really honest, I've fallen off the wagon in terms of being active on the socials. I'm more passive than active, I'm afraid. I used to be addicted, but uh, these days I probably only upload something like once a week or maybe even once a month. I'm not uh, intrinsically motivated towards social media at the moment, but uh, Instagram is probably where you're most likely to find me. Beautiful. We'll make sure we put that in the comments and we'll put your website as well so they can check you out and your work and follow you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone for joining us for one more week. Please share the love by uh, sharing our podcast with anyone you think will benefit from it leave a comment and subscribe we look forward to seeing you next week and in the meantime stay safe stay well stay motivated much love and thanks again jay thank you for having me <laughs>